Welcome to the CEC Report. It's the 20th of January. I'm Robert Barwick and I'm joined today by CEC leader Craig Isherwood. Welcome Craig. Yeah, thanks Robbie. As we speak, Craig, um, well not as we speak, but in a few hours time, Donald Trump is going to be inaugurated President of the United States. So this is a yeah. sort of a historic day. Very. You can expect big changes. We'll see what happens. We're going to, we're going to have to spend today though discussing one of the major ones that's a foot and the freak out as a result. So the first item today is wake up and smell the tea. Britain, not Russia, is messing with American politics. And second, the worldwide rail revolution that is leaving Australia behind. So first, wake up and smell the tea. Britain, not Russia, is messing with American politics. Um, so, Craig, this is the big issue, right? We've had, uh, we, we, we are witnessing the most extraordinary freakout by the, you call it the establishment, the, the, the broadest term, the, the establishment in the broadest meaning of it, which is the financial elites, which is the media, right? Which is, most importantly, the intelligence agencies that are this ever-present secret power behind the scenes that never get questioned for anything they do, even though there's got 70 years of lying to the public to start wars, never been questioned. Now all that is just erupting in fear because Donald Trump got elected President it's of the United a, States. We're looking at a new paradigm, Robbie, and I've never seen anything like this in the last 30 years. Uh, what we're just seeing is an overturning of, and a, and a, you know, a supported overturning because the people have of the United States elected Donald Trump for a reason. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't had, had, any, had nothing to do with Russia had, and had everything to do with Britain. And I think really this is a very detailed top, topic that we're going through today and I really encourage people to call in and get a copy of the Australian Alert Service for a particular edition. This one is the UK government runs colour revolution regime change against Trump. It's very precise and very. There's a lot of predicates in here, which I think people would be. Yeah, we're not going to totally do justice. To, we're not going to totally do justice to it on the show. No. We'll, we'll, cover, we'll give you a taste of it, but if you want to know, know these details, call in and get an order a copy. Because this is the, this is unique, service. Robbie. Never before has the British government actually come out in its own name with its own intelligence agencies so fragrantly, publicly, and showed its hand. Now it that, never never usually does that. Now they're, they're furiously trying to paper it up now, but one of the things that is humorous to me, Craig, is the reason they were so open is because, like pretty much everybody else, they didn't expect Trump to win. No. Right? And they thought that they'd have Hillary there and everything would be business as usual. Instead, he won, and now they're free and freaking out. What are they freaking out about? What we've discussed in quite a, few, a lot in this show. They're freaking out the possibility of world peace. That's what they're freaking out, that if America and, and Russia become collaborators instead of enemies, right, where does that leave... Britain, and we'll go through the details of this, but Britain, post-World War II, has positioned itself as a manipulator of world politics through its manipulation of American politics. Right? America was, we call it British brain, American brawn. And president after president after president was sucked into this relationship. There were a few exceptions, and they end up paying for it. Um, and for whatever reason, again, it's just a, it's, it's something you have to you know, wonder at, but um, this unpredictable personality of Donald Trump got himself elected and he wants to change this dynamic and all this is happening on the back of that. So let's go through some of the details, right, just just to give um, 
put some meat on these bones. Um, the gist of what we're talking about here is that since Trump was elected, you've got an intelligence agency operation that is intent on undermining his legitimacy. Right now, well, you can have, have the debate on the side about popular vote versus electoral college vote. But in America, for 200 years more, 220 years, the rule has been the electoral college vote. That's the rule. He didn't, he didn't write the rule. He didn't change the rule. Hillary Clinton tried to win the electoral college vote. She lost. He won it. Mm -hmm. So it's irrelevant that three million extra people in California, one state, voted for, uh, for Hillary Clinton. She, did, she didn't win, right? So that's not the issue. They're trying to, but, but, so you can have that aside, but what these intelligence agencies are trying to do is undermine his legitimacy and incite what we call a colour revolution in order to achieve regime change. And colour revolutions is what the British have run for the last couple of decades around the world, and there's a pattern to them because they're in countries that sort of encircle Russia, right, like Ukraine, like Georgia, um, countries in the Middle East, etc. They all encircle Russia, and this has been a way of justifying the expansion of NATO. It's not the Russian Empire that's grown. They say, "Oh, Putin wants to restore the Russian Empire." Well, there's only been one expansion of territory under Putin. That's Crimea. Look at the expansion of territory of NATO um, since the end of the Cold War. That's the empire that's expanded, right? And they've used this color revolution thing, and they've always done it. They've, they've usually done it around election where they whip up the public by saying in those countries, oh, this election was, un was, was, um, was rigged or something, right? And voila, they get a, they get a coup or some re end result. It's Usually the same funded pattern. externally, Robbie. Usually funded externally by one, and, and, with, and the main funding coming from the same individual every time. I mean, Victoria, Soros. Victoria and Yulin bragged about Ukraine that she spent $5 billion, billion. funding something in the vicinity of 2,000 groups in order to overthrow the legitimate government at that point. Yep. And that's, that's all public. So um, I would say, Craig, that tr Donald Trump is the first president, or president-elect still now, probably since John F. Kennedy, to really go up against the CIA. So we'll talk about the CIA first. Um, Kennedy took him on on the Bay of Pigs because this was a CIA operation that Kennedy just did not approve of. He, in he inherited it. And he pulled the plug out from under it, and the CIA hated him ever since after that. This is in the late 50s, early 60s. The, the plan, it was planned in the late 50s, but it happened in 1962. Um, for decades, these intelligence agencies have got away with their lies, like I've said. And I, and I want to draw an analogy. Everyone knows that Wall Street caused the 2008 crash, destroyed the lives of millions of people, and no one went to jail for it. And everyone is justifiably outraged about that. But let's look at, just in our lifetime, and the, the biggest thing, let's look, let's look at the Iraq war and the subsequent wars, especially the Iraq. Everyone knows it was a lie, it was a disaster, it's unleashed hell in the Middle East that's building over across the whole world as terrorism. And the people who did it have not been held accountable. And that includes George Bush, Dick Cheney, uh, Tony Blair, and people like John Howard. They haven't been held accountable. The intelligence agencies that fabricated the intelligence also have not been held accountable, right? So, and that's just the way people just sort of got to expect that, well, well, that's what, they're, they're all powerful, so there's nothing you can do. Well, those agencies cooked up this dossier on Donald Trump, and now they've made an enemy of the, pre the president-elect of the United States, and the issue is they could probably be held accountable for yeah, that, that's right? right? And this is unprecedented, and so you see where the, the tension is rising. Let's talk about the British role, though, because this is quite important. The, the, um, 
the two claims that have been made against Trump is that to, to basically effectively say he's an agent of Russia, or the, 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 the point of undermining his legitimacy is not the election result per se, it's to say he's an agent of Russia, effectively an agent of Russia. The source of the two claims, the first claim is that Russia hacked the election through the DNC. And the second claim is that Russia has a dossier on Trump of all this salacious stuff, you know, a smear dossier to, for blackmail effect. Those are the two claims. The source of both claims, Craig, is British intelligence. It was the British, MI6, who first tipped off the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, back in the middle of the year, last year, that the DNC had been hacked. And remember, that's where all these emails came, this stuff came out about how the DNC was, was helping Hillary rig the election, the primaries against Bernie Sanders, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The British first said that. The FBI never got to look at the DNC computers. Not, say, yeah. the, the, they're the official investigators. They didn't get to look at it. A private organisation run by an ex-Russian who's virulently anti-Russian, um, connected to this, this warmongering outfit called the Atlantic Council, they looked at the computers, they produced the report and claimed, oh, Russia did it, right? So British intelligence claimed it. It was confirmed by this dodgy private organisation, not by the FBI. That was the first claim. And so that was bad enough. But the biggest one was this thing last week with this smear dossier, right? Um, this was written by a, an ex-MI6 agent named Christopher Steele. Supposedly, not from, in, not from sources that he had directly, but from his sources had sources, right? That they, they made all these claims that Russia had the dirt on Donald Trump and had blackmail ability and therefore was this able to control This is a 35-page dossier saying he used prostitutes and so forth in a Moscow yes. hotel and yes. that sort of thing. We won't go into those details, into but detail. everyone, everyone knows them. So when, when his name came out, straight away, oh, his ex-MI6, mm -hmm. the Russians said, hang on a minute, there ain't no such thing as ex-MI6, no. right? So put, put that to bed. Um, the whole British intelligence apparatus seemingly got involved in this. So this guy, Christopher Steele, uh, he, it started, this dossier started circulating in the middle of the year. No media touched it. And then when Trump got elected, then or just when he was about to get elected, uh, Steele passed it on to a former ambassador to Russia, a former British ambassador named Sir Andrew Wood. Sir Andrew Wood, I know from my sources, is one of the most virulently anti-Russian ambassadors that Britain's ever deployed over there, right? So this guy who has an axe to grind against Russia, he passed it on to Donald Trump's number one enemy in the United States Congress, John McCain. And yeah. that they put, and then when that happened, John McCain passed it on to the US intelligence agencies and then the rest is history. And the whole thing turned out to be a total fabrication, right? So this is the British doing this, the British government's intelligence agencies doing this. And this guy, Steele, you'll see documented in this, he is connected into many, many high-level intelligence operations in the UK, right? So we'll take a break and we'll continue this afterwards. Welcome back to the CEC Report, where we're discussing Britain, not Russia, is messing with American politics. Because just to, on that subject, all these allegations against Russia are allegations. They're unproven allegations. What we're talking about with this British role, Craig, is real. Mm. It's all established, documented fact. Now, this is Britain doing it um, because they are freaked out that they're going to lose their hold they have on the United States and, and, and the United States under under 
Trump may end up having some kind of friendlier relations with Putin. And Robbie, the point has been made um, in the past that if you had the United States collaborating with Russia, you know, who's going to go to war then? Exactly. You've got two major superpowers collaborating together for peace and development. War becomes irrelevant. Exactly. So let's cut to the chase. Like I said, people should read it in the Australian Alert Service. Call in and get a copy. UK government runs colour revolution regime change against Trump. I don't want to prove anything now. I just want to make a declaration. Right. The point of this whole thing is the people saying this, the intelligence agencies that are in on this, are liars. Start with weapons of mass destruction and go on from there. Libya, everything they've said about Syria, they are liars. They're not, they don't get the intelligence wrong. They're not misinformed. They, their sources were not entirely inaccurate. No, no. They are deliberate, intentional liars. There, I'm on the record. That's what I'm going to say. And um, I want to give two examples of West weapons of mass destruction, though, right? Because everyone associates that with, with America. Look at the British role. The most dramatic lie about weapons of mass destruction was made by George Bush. And it's so dramatic, it's gone down in history as the 16 words that he gave in a State of the Union address in 2003, which claimed that, that Iraq could soon be a nuclear threat. And once it was, they'd already said it was a chemical weapons threat, biological weapons threat, and with nuclear threat, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Here's what Bush said. The British government has learned that Saddam Hussein recently sought significant quantities of uranium from Africa. That was a British intelligence fabricated lie, right? And it became famous as the 16 words. Look it up. It came from a dossier that Blair had commissioned himself. At, in the foreword to the dossier, Blair had written this. He said that Saddam's, quote, military planning allows for some of the weapons of mass destruction to be ready within 45 minutes of an order to use them. And when that became public, Rupert Murdoch's news tabloid, or fake news tabloid in the UK, The Sun, ran with the headline, Brits, 45 minutes from doom, right? And the Chilcot report recently made the point that they weren't, when they produced that dossier, they weren't trying to actually produce intelligence, they were trying to make the case for war. In other words, they were deliberately saying what they had to say to justify going to war. So, that's the facts of the matter. We're going to play a video now, and this is former British Labor MP George Galloway. We want to play George because he's said something very important on this current Trump question. But this is a segment from a thing that he put out, um, a video that he put out. And the other reason we want to play him is he led the opposition to the Iraq war in the UK, Craig, and he, he suffered for it. He got, mm -hmm. Tony Blair got him expelled from the Labor Party. But he's saying the same thing. We're not, we don't know George. He's saying the same thing we are about this. So listen to George Galloway on the question of Trump and Putin and British intelligence's role. It turns out that it was Britain that was interfering in the American presidential elections, not Russia. At least I've seen no evidence that Russia was, but there's plenty of evidence emerging about the British role. The press conference of Donald Trump in Washington yesterday was marked by a kind of hysteria about a dossier, a very interesting file, which had been compiled by a British intelligence agent. I can't mention his name or else they'd have to kill me, though it's easily accessible on the internet. He is said to be a retired British intelligence official, although I'm not sure that they ever really retire from the service. Anyway, he wrote a report containing the most fantastical, weird and wonderful stories about Donald Trump's conduct in Russia and in particular 
in a hotel in Moscow. I won't go into the details in case children or old ladies are watching this. But suffice to say, it went to the character issue of Donald Trump and to his moral standing. It turned out that the dossier had been passed to the United States through a former British ambassador to Moscow. That former ambassador has not yet been identified, but can only be one of seven such former ambassadors. And that former ambassador gave it to the leader of the war party in Washington, Senator John McCain, who will not be happy until mushroom clouds are again sprouting in the world. And McCain gave it to the head of the FBI. The CIA put it in a security briefing. They either did, as they say, or didn't, as Trump says, present it to President-elect Trump when the heads of the spy agencies met him a few days ago. Now, this dossier fell apart very quickly. It was filled with glaring schoolboy howlers. People's names were spelt wrongly. Names of companies were spelt wrongly. People were misidentified in terms of the positions that they held. People were accused of attending meetings in cities in countries that they had never in, fa in fact ever visited and could prove that they were elsewhere in the United States at a baseball game, I think, at the time. So it has been quite widely discredited, but not before it was cascading around the world thanks to right-wing media organizations like CNN and BuzzFeed, picked up then by virtually every newspaper and network in the world. So on the principle that some people believe there's no smoke without fire and that mud sticks even when it has no right to, uh, Trump has been severely diminished and degraded by the uh, dossier produced by the British. Now, in 1925, something called the Zinoviev Letter helped to bring down the first ever Labour government in Britain. It purported to be a letter from the head of the Comintern, Grigory Zinoviev, to his lieutenants in British Labour movement politics, giving them their marching orders, and in particular encouraging them to acts of sedition within the British armed forces. This brought down the Labour Prime Minister, even though it was quite quickly actually proved to be a forgery that had been produced by, you've guessed it, British intelligence. That brought down the Prime Ministership of Ramsay MacDonald, and this one is aimed at another Donald, Donald Trump. So Craig, that's all we've got time to say about it. George Galloway speaks for himself. Like I said, people should call in, order this week's issue of the Australian Alert Service. The details are in there, and we're going to make sure they don't get away with this operation. When we come back, we'll talk about railway developments. Welcome back to the CEC Report. The worldwide rail revolution that is leaving Australia behind. And Craig, before we go through some details, President Xi Jinping of China uh, the other day opened the 
Davos World Economic Forum, and he gave a speech about globalization. And he said, globalize, he promoted globalization, right? But, and people have reacted to that in different ways. Here's the main point I want to make about it. What he calls globalization is not what the public has been told globalization is. What we get told globalization is is financial globalization, total, total deregulation of everything and let the multinationals run the show. Xi is talking about it in a physical sense, right? That technology development can help the world collaborate and become smaller and more connected. Yeah, he's right? talking about the idea of building rail, rail systems probably right across the, the world. Exactly. I mean, on the January the 18th, there's going to be a railway line completed from London all the way through from China. Well, the line's there, the journey. There's a, the, there's a, the a journey. train took off yeah. on the 3rd, I think, of January from China, and it arrives... It arrived in London yesterday. In 15 days, right, you've got the equivalent uh, freight travelling in half the time that it would take by ship. Half and, the time of ship. And half the cost. Half the cost of, no, half the cost of air freight. Half, okay, half right. the time, yeah. but half the time is ship, half the cost is air freight. And, Important development. And of course, another example is the fact that they're in the process of developing a new railway line in, South Af in Africa from the southern tip of Africa and South Africa up through to Ethiopia. Yes. Now, Ethiopia is expanding at incredible rates at the moment because China is in there supporting their infrastructure. So this is the sort of things that he's talking about with globalisation. Now, So what are we doing, though? Well, that's what I'm about to say. The question comes back to what we're doing. I mean, the, only, the only railway that was completed in Australia actually was in 2003, which is the Alice Springs to Darwin railroad system. Since then, nothing else has been done. I mean, there's proposals on the table for the National Trunk Rail, which is from Melbourne to, to Brisbane, a brilliant proposal. It's, at the moment, they're trying to fund it privately, but the idea is absolutely brilliant. You've got the idea of the Iron Boomerang up in the north, between, which is an east-west rail line linking iron ore to coal and exporting first-stage steel. All of that's available. You've have, got and like you said, they have real merit, but the, the, the consortia who are trying to do it have to get private finance. Well, they haven't got the support of the government. It's that's a problem. Right. Um, the, the commitment of our government is everything has to be done privately. You know, you've got to do it through shareholder value. In other words, every single dollar has to be accounted for as profit, whereas instead of looking at these things as nation-building projects over 50 to 100 years, everything is in short-term boardroom profit basis. The same with high-speed rail. You've got high-speed rail proposals from... Melbourne through Sydney to Brisbane, you know, this is high-speed 350 kilometre hour maglev, uh, uh, high-speed rail systems. You've got maglev proposals between Sydney and Melbourne and Canberra. Uh, all of these proposals are on the table, but there's a real uh, inertia, the right, yeah. right word to use for trains, I think, um, when you're talking about, uh, you know, the support from government. Because and, there's, and there's been a cultural problem in Australia for a long time, Craig, because I want to, while we're talking, put up on the screen these, this image that we ran in our book that shows rail mileage in Victoria, New South Wales in 1933 versus the year 2000, where there was an aggressive policy of ripping up railways. Yeah, and the shutdown of farming too, Robert, correlates with that and the fact that we've lost so many family farmers. And this, this, this graphic just in, is in New South Wales without taking the rest of the country into, into, into account. So, look, we have to jump on the train, so to speak, and get, get going here. Leaving because, the States, let's jump on. Yeah, because otherwise you know, we're going to get left behind. All right, well, that's all we've got time for today. So, like I said, this isn't a, the first subject on the, the, the Putin-Trump question and the British intelligence is very, very important. Um, and we, also what we covered on rail is in this alert service as well. So call in to the CEC on the toll-free number on your screen and order yourself a copy and help us fight this thing. And next week we're going to give you an update on Glass-Steagall. But that's it for this week's CEC report. Thanks for tuning in.